Well, this morning, um, when we were singing the song, you know, in his presence, you know, there's what peace in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Then we sang, hallelujah, what a savior, hallelujah, what a friend. I was, you know, we do it in a Hallelujah, you know, the song, the way it's written. But I was thinking of, what if we just, hallelujah, what a savior. <laughs> hallelujah. And we'd all say, what's he doing? Is he nuts? You know, <laughs> but what a friend we have in Jesus. So, and the, the message that I have today is on Matthew chapter 6. And, you know, I, I know I spoke about the Lord's Prayer not too long ago. I didn't look it up when. But I was thinking of this um, again. And I read, I read this one phrase, and it's a, later on in one of the verses here. It says, true prayer, well, prayer happens when focus shifts from you to God. So whenever we focus, when our focus shifts, moves from me to God. Okay? Now, it's a very, inter- it's a very interesting thing because whenever we pray, we're almost always, I, you know, we're thinking of ourselves, I have this need, you know, I have this problem, I have this whatever, my family, my friends, we have all this, so we're, you know, and that's not wrong, that's petition, and those things are good, all right? But there's also another phase of, of praying in which rather than focusing on what, what is wrong, that we, the, the focus begins to shift from what our need is to, to God and who he is. Now, in our Sunday school lesson, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. And um, we know that in the book of Hebrews, the, the author is writing to the Jewish community. And uh, he is telling them about, you know, from going back and reviewing for them the Old Testament and the sacrifices, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden and, you know, God provided them a covering, you know, animal covering for their bodies, and so we know that he offered a sacrifice for them. And then we go into Moses and the law and the building of the tabernacle, and the tabernacle was this basically square or oblong, not oblong, yeah, well, anyhow, oblong building, and two-thirds of it, this building, was covered in um, animal skins and things. The front two-thirds of it was where all the priests did their activities and so on. And then the last third of it was the Holy of Holies. Now, this Holies of Holies is the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the Ten Commandments and a golden pot of manna and Aaron's rod that budded are in this box. But this box is covered in gold, and it is called the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Agreement God has made with Israel. So on this ark then is cherubs, these angels with their wings together, and underneath this wings is called the mercy seat. And that is where, as it were, God would sit. And, you know, that was represented to them in the Old Testament. So we have all of these things pointing towards, uh, you know, there's a sacrificial system, and once a year the high priest could take blood behind the veil into this ark and bring the, his own sins and the sins of the people to this, to, before God for forgiveness or for a covering. So that was the whole sacrificial system. Now, that could only happen once a year, and it could only be done by the high priest. 
Well, what this symbolizes is that Jesus Christ is our high priest. He goes into the presence of God, the very throne room of God, and his blood is offered as the forgiveness of sin so that he is the perfect sacrifice by the perfect person for some very imperfect people, us. And so this, this place where Jesus has gone, remember on, we know on Easter the, the veil is torn in two? Well, that separation between the outer court and the inner court, the holies of holy place to the holies of holies, Jesus, at his death, that veil was torn in two so that we would have access, okay? So that's why we have access to the very throne room of God. We have access to come right into the, the presence of God because we're his children. We, we belong to him. We belong to be there, all right? Now, Jesus ever lives to intercede for us. He prays for us moment by moment. And as we then focus on our being in God's presence, we need to then recognize that it isn't so much about what we, our problems are. It's about how great God is. Okay? How great is our God? You know, he is a loving, he gave his life for us, sacrificed himself, his blood shed for us, so that we could have forgiveness and purge our conscience so that our sins would never be remembered against us, we would never have to remember our sins again, and that we have free access to the throne room of God. So here we are in the very throne room of God with no thought of sin, no thought of failure, because we're forgiven. And that we go before God that the problems that I have now are really not that bad and not that great in comparison to the God that I'm focused on. Because he created me. He created my, this body. He knows it more intimately and more sacredly than I do. And he is able by one touch to heal us, restore us, to provide for us. So the focus then is we bring our things to God, we bring our problems to God, we bring our difficulties, and we are to do that. But then in the same token, in that same prayer, we need to recognize in his presence there is peace. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence... There are are pleasures forevermore, the scripture says. So it's in his presence that we begin to understand what our prayers are and how important our prayers are that bring us into God's presence. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, I thought I would, this is the Message Bible, so I thought I'd read through this and and, kind of do a a verse-by-verse on it for a moment or two. And see how far we get. It's a whole chapter, and you know I never finish a chapter. (laughs) So it's one of those things. Verse 1. Be especially careful, all right? Now, talking to us. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. 
It might be good theater, but the God who, makes, who made you won't be applauding, <laughs> okay? So, he begins by saying, don't be somebody you're not. Whenever you're coming to God, you don't have to be this holier-than-thou, more righteous-than-ever person. He wants you to be you coming into his presence. He knows you. And if you look at the next verse, when you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. All right, now, and, and what he's doing here is he tells us, don't pay attention, don't call attention. Like, you know, some, some, some individuals, um, when they're doing things, they want to make sure, um, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, here, I'm, I want you to see I'm doing this for someone, you know. Or if there's nobody around, you know, don't do it. It's, it's like the one radio guy on... Uh, uh, Sirius XM, he, he plays uh, music, the 60s music. All right. So, um, and he's on her first thing in the morning. This guy's brilliant. I mean, he just, things that he remembers and where he's been and, you know, it's, he can name him anything place in the United States and he can tell you where you're at. You know, it's just, he knows everything that's going on. People are traveling in some state and he'll ask, they'll call up and ask, what should I visit here? And he'll tell them, you know. But anyhow... He, he broke down on, a road, on a, his way to work. And he spent two, maybe three hours on the, on the freeway where there was construction and he got off the road and no one would stop. No one. And he went on and on because he called a certain um, agency that he had gotten his, you know, uh, <coughs> AAA. <coughs> he, he had gotten... <laughs> <laughs> he had that well, protection from, and they didn't show up. And he said, he was just waiting for, pardon? Oh, yeah, well, they, they, they sent a truck, and that truck broke down. So anyhow, but long story short, this, this guy comes and pulls in in a kind of a small dump truck, I guess. And he, he said, oh, I saw, when I was going the other direction, I saw you here, so I turned around and came back. <laughs> well... No one, you know, who pays attention to the guy who stops by the side of the road? No one's going to notice, and just the person you're going to fix the tire for or help them out with. Well, in here, in this he's saying, when you do something, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action. Talking about, you've seen people who are calling um, people's attention. He calls them play actors. Uh, treating prayer meetings and street corners alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching and playing and playing the crowd, playing to the crowd. So whenever we are doing things, now it's important that we see where this is going. He's saying when you're doing something, do it, you know, do the right thing for the right reason. If, if there's 10 people watching, fine. If there's nobody watching, fine. Do what you need to do for that person in that situation. Just be good out of the goodness of your heart. Let your actions be done and be known and speak. All right. Now, they, speaking of these people, they, they get applause, you see? Uh, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and obtrusively. Because that is the way your God, who conceived you in love, is working behind the scenes to help you out. 
You see, whenever we are, the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So whenever we're, whenever we're doing things for people, just from the goodness of our heart, and, you know, we're wanting it to work out for them, so we're helping them. And, and the scripture's telling us that's how God is working behind the scenes for you. How many times do we ever think, boy, God, I wish you were doing something here, you know? <laughs> well, just as we do things for people behind the scenes, God is doing the same thing for us. So we're doing things for people not to get applause, but to bring honor to God. Well, God is doing things behind the scene not to get applause, but to work things out for his children. That's why in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Behind the scenes, God is at work and we don't see him, <laughs> and, but we're thankful for him. Okay? Verse 5. And when you come to before God, don't turn that into a theatrical, a theatrical production, all right? When we pray, it's not Macbeth. <laughs> it's not Charlemagne, Romeo and Juliet, God, you know, you know, if that's your personality, I, we had a preacher at our school in Zion. He, you know, he, he, if you were looking at him on camera and not hearing him speak, you'd think he was an actor on stage. But when he preached, you never thought he was acting. You knew that that was his soul presented. <laughs> And he would grab, he was a big man, he grabbed that pope and he said, with God, you know? And when he said that, you shook. <laughs> I mean, the presence of God and the power of God just reverberated, just room right through you. It's like, oh God, you know, you better straighten up. And, 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 but he would just be able to, that commanding presence, you know? He preached in, oh, down near Jeanette, export. And my mother heard him when she was 16, 15, 16, 17 years old. And she never forgot his sermon. <laughs> heard him once. Never forgot his sermon. And he was our um, the president of the Bible College. And when he spoke, it was just such a, it was such a commanding presence. A command of, of the scripture and a command of the, of, uh, <laughs> the audience, of the congregation. It was just moving because it was it was from his heart and from the from within him and it wasn't an act it was his soul and whenever we are praying with simplicity it's not an act it's the bearing of our soul to god and that it isn't that our needs are so great but our love for god and god's love for us is so great that we don't need to tell God how important this is. He already knows. Because we're coming into his presence and the focus is not so much on me and the need. It's on Christ. For in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, everything else 
seems to come undone. <laughs> it's like all of the things we've got, problems, and they become unraveled. You think about, you know, become undone that we get all tied up with our problems. But in his presence, all those things become unraveled. They're, they're important, but not as important as seeing Jesus. And hearing his word spoke to us. I got this, David. <laughs> I got this. You don't need to worry. I got this. And you see, when we are doing things behind the scenes and helping people without looking, you know, if the people are watching, people are watching. If they're not watching, they're not watching. We're still doing the same thing. God is doing the same thing for you. He's, and he's telling us here, you do this, and it's, it's a reflection of who I am working in your life. So don't turn it into a theatrical. And all these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for a stardom, a standing ovation. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Such a good performance. <laughs> you know. That's that? He was moved, yes. Got goosebumps all over. <laughs> Well, don't you think God, don't think, don't you think God sits in a box seat watching your performance? Wow. And God says, that is good, David. You know, <laughs> he doesn't know. We're not performing. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. Here's a very important thing for us to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play with God. <laughs> Find a place where it's just you and God. Now, role-play is to perform the part of an actor or, for, or, or to perform the part of a person or character. We don't have to perform the part of being a Christian. We don't have to perform the part of putting on gratefulness and putting on something. Why would we do, so, why would we do such a thing before God who knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart? Just be yourself. Because that's who God created, and he knows yourself. He knows what it is. So don't be tempted to play roles and, well, they said on TV, if I do it this way, <laughs> well, just be there. Just be there. This quiet place, this secluded place, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can. The focus in this simple, honest place before God will change. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace and his presence. You see, that's the text for the message, the title. It's in this place where we begin to we, we come bringing our needs, but we begin to focus on God. 
We focus on him and his word that he has spoken to our hearts. The word is, verse 7 to 13, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who pray, who are prayer ignorant. (laughs) They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for for that nonsense. Remember, (laughs) this is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. Remember, this is your father. This is my father. He created me. He put me, he placed me here for this purpose. And all of the circumstances that I find myself entangled in in his presence, they become undone. (laughs) So with a God like this loving you, with a God like this loving you, pray very simply, our Father in heaven, The focus has already gone from the need to Christ. Our Father who is in heaven, reveal who you are. Reveal who you are. See, verse 6, the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Reveal who you are. Set the world right. Now, isn't what we're praying for, for is for people to be healed, for our nation, for our local government, for our community, for our church, for our lives. Don't we, everything that we pray for, don't we want it to be set right? <laughs> God, set the world right. I'm, I'm, my focus is God. Set the world right. Set this problem. It's a broken bone, God. Set the leg. Set the bone. Set it right. Heal that person. Heal their body. Give them strength. Give them direction. Set it right with you. Do what is best. Always remember, our prayer is to see Jesus and that knowing he will do what is best. As above, so below. Let there be no hindrances to your best in my life, just as there is no hindrances to your best in heaven. Let there be no restrictions on my life and in my mind and in my prayers. Keep us alive with three square meals. Um, I want to jump ahead to some other scriptures and in, in, in part of this chapter. And um, it says, now remember, Keep us alive with three square meals. And so what I did was, as I was reading this, you know, reading ahead in the chapter, some of the things that he he writes later on kind of answers these questions and fills in the, you know, the little blanks between them. If you decide for God, living, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. Remember, keep us alive with three square meals. There is far more to your life than food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, 
not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. Keep us alive with three square meals. God, let me be careless in the care of God. That your daily provisions will take care of me. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Your eyes, this is verse 22 and 23, your eyes are are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills with light. If you live squinted eyes, squintly eyes, in greed and distrust, your body is a dark cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. God, help me to be wide-eyed, opened, (laughs) in wonder and in belief. Because if I see you more clearly, I am not going to be squinting and finding fault and living in the dark. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Verse 24, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you will end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You cannot worship God and money both. This is something how that these thoughts later on in the same chapter kind of fill in the little gaps and meanings of the prayer. So keep safe from ourselves and the devil. And then this goes on to say, God, you're in charge. (laughs) You're in charge. Page six, it's my page six, verse 30 and 33. If God gives you such attention, see, you're in charge, God, you're in charge. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never, ever seen, Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. (laughs) Here in your presence, I am undone. I am at peace. I see God more clearly. God is saying, here, God, you're in charge, and so therefore, David, relax. (laughs) Relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can't respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. How does he work? You do things for people behind the scene because it's in your heart to help and to take care of. As you have done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me, Jesus says. And so as we've done things to the least of people working behind the scenes in their life, so God is at work behind the scenes in our life, helping us to see things more clearly. For the God who is in our life has a purpose and a plan, and he wants us to relax in his presence. And so the need that we are presenting is overshadowed by God and who he is. (laughs) God, 
you're in charge. God, you can do anything you want. <laughs> so what we're doing is saying, God, you can do anything you want. The prayer we came to him with, we suddenly see the overshadowing of God. And he says, in, in, the, the, in Matthew, it goes on to say, steep your life in God reality. This is a verse somewhere, verses 29, somewhere in there, 28. Steep your life in God reality. Steep your life in God initiatives. Steep your life in God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. Remember, what are we saying? God, you can do anything. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your enemies, oh, excuse me, verse 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Okay, here's the problem, here's the need, and give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. You're relaxed. God has provision. He's working behind the scenes. God, let your will be done in heaven as in, in, in earth as it is in heaven. There be no restrictions. Keep me from sinning. Keep me from my own temptations and from the devil. Help me to be more clearly in focus with you because your entire attention, my entire attention, is now on God and not the problems and the things that I become all tied up in. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Why? God will give us our provisions for each day. Don't get worked up about tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Here in your presence. <laughs> I am undone. Verse 14. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. <laughs> I'm here. So I am praying because what God is doing is also combined with what I am doing. Doing good to people behind the scenes. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. We have received, you see, we focus on God. We want to know how God is going to be blessing and helping us in our life. We can't harbor unforgiveness because God doesn't have unforgiveness. God does not have unforgiveness. God only has forgiveness. And it cleanses us, it purges our conscience. Verse 16, when you practice some, this is about talking about fasting, when you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better consecrate on, concentrate on God, don't make a production of it, you know? It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training, camp, <laughs> for sports <laughs> this is this is training for spiritual things if you go into training inwardly act normally outward <laughs> be outwardly normal you know i spent the last 24 hours praying 
and you should know what I felt like whenever I went through it. <laughs> and I've been fasting for a week and a half. Well, kind of. And, uh, <laughs> but you see, it's not to be announced. It's between you and God. If you go into training inwardly, act normal. Shampoo and comb your hair. Brush your teeth and wash your face. <laughs> because those, in last, those days, they'd be all you know, smelly and dirty and they wouldn't wash their face. Where have you been? Oh, I've, been I've been spending time with God. <laughs> so. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you well. <laughs> do what you're called to do. <laughs> he will reward you well. So you see, here we are. <laughs> we bring our need to the Lord. We bring our problems, our desires to Jesus. And our focus changes from all the things that get us all tied up inside. No, God has a plan and a purpose God, you do all things well. So, Lord, here in your presence, you can do anything. And I expect you to do what is best. Hear our prayers for healing for our friend. <laughs> do your best and do what, set things right. Lead us in the decisions that we have to make. God, I am always safe here in your presence. Give me peace of mind and heart to walk with you because what God does and what we do in our prayers are always connected. We are a part of the answer to every prayer we pray. Let's stand. <laughs> So, our hearts are open before God and our spirits are, our spirits are one with him. That God's spirit and our spirit come together and we're united and we enter into the very throne room of God where Jesus is seated and we are welcomed there because this is our place. This is where we belong. We belong in the presence of God. We belong to Jesus and nothing can ever separate us from him. So we are safe in his presence. Bring our needs to him and let our focus be on him, on God, and how he will work in our prayers, in our life, and do what is best in the lives of these for whom we pray. Amen? Amen. God bless you.